Hey everybody, this is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 20. I have a new microphone and I'm checking out my setup here. So uh, some things that have changed you cannot see, obviously, because it's a podcast. But I got this um, Yeti caster. Boom. It's pretty cool. The other one I had was a professional singing one. I don't sing, but... I had one, I bought a part, it was a missing part, and I put it on there and kind of rigged everything up, and I think it sounded pretty good. The other Yeti microphone I had was a Yeti, wow, Yeti Nano. I got that at Best Buy, 79 bucks. Don't go to Best Buy, go to Amazon, order it on Amazon. I went there looking for the Pro, didn't have it, got the other one. Ended up waiting around a long time. Just Amazon is just amazing. I mean, I used to love going to Best Buy, but you know, right now, pandemic time, limited supplies, so on and so forth. But anyway, regardless, this is a new speaker, new setup. I am learning as I go here. I have no engineer. I'm doing this by myself. I will hire out people later on, but for now, I'm just gonna talk to you guys about what I went through in the last. Uh, Decade plus, I've gone through everything, episode 1 through 19. I think I'm going to skim down and look at my previous writings and see what I can pull up from them to share with you. See, the reason why I'm doing this right now is I just want you to get involved. I want you to just get out there and start it. You know, I'm a perfectionist. I delay things. I overthink things. I have anxieties. I am like, you know, my own worst critic, but I get out there and just do it. You know, I, I don't want to, I want it to run perfect. You know, I'd like, if I'm going to bake a cake, I want every, all my items lined up perfectly and everything set up. But, you know, you got to break some eggs, you got to throw around some flour, you got to make a mess. And although the messes are no, less than ideal for me, you know, reality that is just what it is. And the, the, these messes are going to happen. So you just have to just get over that. Just get over your fears. Get over your get over your issues. You know, I'm in my house right now. And across the way, I hear my dog barking. I hope that doesn't show up on the microphone. But am I going to stop this recording and re-record without my dog barking in the background? He hears my voice. I locked him in another room because he hears little feet. Tittle tap tat 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 you know. All over the place little tap dancing toenails and I didn't want that to come through the micro the microphone so I I sent him over there no I'm not gonna stop I'm just gonna keep on talking he can bark hopefully he dies down I put up all these acoustic tiles in this office here this is kind of like my dedicated podcast room um, I might move my office out of this room I'm gonna start filming eventually too I'm gonna you know do the podcast with film uh, but for now, this is my setup. It works pretty good. I've got, uh, let's see here, this this a little acoustic wall thing that is called the o Oeco Pop Filter that kind of drowns out some sound. I have, I don't know, 30 acoustic tiles in this room set up in certain ways. There's multiple tiles on the doors and the wall corners. I'll probably put some more in. Um, but, you know, I have hardwood floors and 
and so you know the sound comes through but uh yeah anyway i i guess i'll stop talking about that i'll start talking about uh, my experiences but it, it, I, I just the whole point of this is i am who i am i am unfiltered this is my this is me sharing myself 100 percent. i'm not hiding anything i'm not pumping things up or making things seem great or seem easy or seem simple or seem what they're not i want you to see what they are and i want to share my experience with you with hopes at this initial stage one is this is a 20 session intro to me and you don't know who i am and i may not be interesting to you so why am i spending all this time doing well i needed to just get on the freaking microphone and start talking and doing this podcast. There are so many things in the background. I need to build out the website. I need to hire um, people to put together a certain marketing package and I need to have a consultant and, you know, do I hire a consultant? Do I not hire a consultant? What exactly am I looking for in terms of like the marketing strategy to get this out there in the world? So in the meantime, am I going to go through all that and read everything possible and really, really think about it and just ultimately not do anything because I'm so busy with my money-making activities and my business? No, I've done that for years and it's just time to get it out there. So first 20, what do I know? What can I just easily talk about off the top of my head without any scripting, without any editing? There are zero edits in all of this stuff. There's no detailed script there were outlines i write an outline i you know i've studied some of the best practices but i just went ahead and did it so what do i talk about what do i prepare nothing i just talk about my experience this is getting me out there in the world this is getting me my 21st episodes that if i didn't i still would have not one episode out so now you know every little session it's getting a little bit easier i with a cool little microphone here and the little lights that are shining on it. It looks kind of cool. Uh, these little things I'm getting more comfortable with. My setup's a little different. I'm, you know, I'm working on things. So it's the same with your business. It's the same with real estate. Just get out there and get it, whatever it is. Just look at houses. Look, at, Go on MLS and look. Go walk down the street and look. Do, do whatever it is. If it's inefficient, if it's not effective, if it doesn't make you money, so what? Just... Get out there and get the experience. Don't buy anything that doesn't make money. I'm not saying that. I'm saying get out there and expose yourself and just do it. So let's wrap this thing up for me. I'm going to start talking about different types of real estate investment strategies, property uh, property management, Airbnb, construction, lending, everything that I know, everything that I have experience with, I will start interviewing people and that's that's the next step here is getting the interview. So I have I have private lenders that have given me money in the past. Uh, one of my private lenders, Jill, I'm trying to get her on. She wants to do it. She noticed that I don't have any other interviews. She's going to be my guinea pig. And you know we went through good and bad, mostly great, but there were a couple you know couple areas that couple hard deals that we worked through, and. We want to talk about those. I want to expose you to the bad deals, to the tough things, to the things that you learn from. Also, we'll talk a lot about the good stuff and we'll focus on best practices and focus on the success stories and focus on what it's going to take you 
to be successful, but don't be afraid to start. Just get out there and get it going. So that is, that is my, what is this? I don't know. Eight minute discussion on, um, on just getting out there and making things happen. Okay. So episode one, welcome to the jungle. My first ever deal in real estate. Okay. Uh, I won't talk about that one. One, how a professional investor got started in 2003. As you know, you know I went through that whole thing. Um, I bought my first house and then turned it into a rental, and I experienced all of that. So you know I was starting to gain momentum there. I was working at a regular job and I became a stockbroker. Uh, after the regular job, you know, as, as a financial analyst slash assistant buyer for. Um, a, a big company, Robbins is me, I guess I can say it. And uh, so that was, that, you know, I, I didn't love that job. I loved my training class. I loved a lot of things about, you know, that synergy, that, that group environment that was really cool at the beginning. But then when I got in with my buyer, she was like the Devil Wears product type of person. And it's just so difficult to deal with. Stockbroker time. You know, I talked about when I was with MetLife and then I went to Edward Jones and my portfolio at Edward Jones and everything I went through there. Um, so at that point in time, you know, I had the, a couple of properties, you know, as progressed, you know, I had four. I had uh, that, the house in, um, in uh, uh, Newhall. Uh, uh, I had the house on Newhall, on Newhall. That was my townhouse. First place, second place. Uh, turned out to be or my second place was uh, oh yeah it was Martinez so the big house big expensive house and then I got into investment properties one in in uh, Meridian Idaho Meridian really close to Boise I actually drove through Meridian and I stayed in a hotel in Meridian this was a couple months back my wife and I I last year during the pandemic I decided to start buying a bunch of classic vehicles so you know i bought this f600 marmon harrington it's a four-wheel drive all-wheel drive system big big truck dually um it had this giant boom on it forty thousand pound winch there's big spotlights and all these gears and this cool little things pto's called power takeoffs these little they spin they run off the engine energy and and spin and you can attach them to pumps to blades or whatever this was a true farm truck in oregon in yamhill oregon yamhill is like a i don't know it's like a, it's, it's a wine country area really nice beautiful area and um, anyway so it was on the farm forever that guy used to build log cabins and this was his specifically built uh marmon harrington f600 all-wheel drive with all the special outfitting specifically to lift logs and move logs around and do whatever they do i'm, I'm assuming cutting logs so the power takeoff would come into play. Anyway, super cool old truck. It's painted blue, baby blue. That wasn't the original color. It was original green. But man, I, I just love that thing because I have I have several F100 Ford trucks that are being restored. I bought two of them. I have three now. But originally I bought one, and and that's this was in Georgia, and I picked it up, drove drove it back. Um, on a trailer with my truck and I took my whole family it was kind of a cool little trip another time I bought uh, a 1971 Plymouth Barracuda I got that up in in uh 
in uh, Denver, Colorado area, outside, slightly outside of Denver. And so we rented a trailer then too, and also went out and picked that one up. And that was a family trip too. We stayed at a couple different hotels and, you know, just kind of, it was just something fun to do. And also I got my little prize, my little toy. And uh, at any rate, um, I had two F-100s and I thought that it would be um, cool to get a four-wheel drive set up with it. Marmon Harrington, there's also Napco, and they were outfitters for, the, you know, Chevys and Fords and other things. I think they have military applications, specifically the uh, Marmon Harrington did and still does have military applications from my understanding. But at any rate, I wanted to buy this F600 because I had this four-wheel drive stuff, and I thought, you know, I can just take it off and put it on my F100. Well, F600 is massive. It doesn't look big, but it's huge. It's not the same vehicle, so that wouldn't fit. But anyway, we drove out, and uh, long story short, we drove out, picked up the vehicle, towed it by, bought a trailer just for the just for the trip. I was going to actually um, hire a shipping company initially i got one price and then it went triple quadruple to the next bidder and then the first company never actually picked it up turned into this whole issue so i said you know what this will be fun another road trip now this was a very long trip this was over four thousand miles round trip we did about 4500 miles round trip and i took another one of my classic trucks the 12 valve diesel uh, second gen ram and uh, made sure it was you know drive ready took it out there bought this big trailer and uh and we we drove out and we had some interesting times along the way in terms of the reliability of you know setting up the trailer and then loading things on it um i decided just to offset some of the expense it wasn't about the money it was more about the adventure but to offset the expense i would I would haul a little Mini Cooper in 1965-66. It was just a shell. I, I hauled it to, to to Grass Valley, California area. And, uh, you know, I got paid for the haul since I was already towing this trailer that I bought empty. I figured I may as well fill it up. Well, on the, on the way, the trailer actually fell off in Arizona and ran into a, uh, a, a side barrier uh, on the freeway at, like, near midnight. That was pretty freaky but we were able to put the trailer back on it didn't sustain any damage it had some dents in it but this is a massive super well built trailer and uh surprisingly it messed up the guardrail pretty good but it did not really affect the trailer i was able to put it right back on and keep going but uh anyway on the way back we went through meridian and long story short if you like trucks and old vehicles and traveling, uh, you know, cool. I just told you a little story about that. I probably can talk more about that kind of stuff if you're interested. I have all kinds of stories about these things. Um, but I drove through Meridian and we looked in Boise. And it was really cool there too. I like Boise. And then we drove, you know, through the Four Corners and there's several Indian reservations. Kind of sad state of affairs really when you when you think about it but i'm not going to that right now but you know just driving through these these areas that are kind of you know economically depressed and with native americans still suffering at any rate i'm not here to talk about this i'm just want to talk about you know investing and maybe a few stories but we drove through all the way uh back home and i thought you know um i've always was curious about investing again in meridian and boise 
and different areas in Idaho. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fly back and look a little further. My brother, who is a sheriff deputy, and he's probably gonna retire in about five years, is interested in moving to Boise. So you know I may look into buying an apartment complex there. Um, perhaps get a retire uh, retirement home. Perhaps get a I am only 45, but perhaps get a retirement uh, or, or get some land, you know, get some land out there, a little bit of land and see if I want to develop, you know, I'll just buy the land, I'll buy the land that, that could be subdivided and something that could be developed. If, if I don't do anything out there, I can just, you know, subdivide parcels uh, or even build, build, you know, homes, uh, some custom builds or some tracks, you know, we'll see. But I want to go back out and look again. So anyway, my third home was in Meridian. I never saw it. It was sight unseen. I bought that. I also bought a house in Houston, sight unseen. So the, the, that was during the time where I was a stockbroker. That was during that was pre-2006. So from 2003 to 2006, that was my activity. Four properties at that point in time. Uh, episode three, we talked about how to buy, renovate, uh, and profit in residential real estate while never leaving your laptop. Yeah, you're going to have to leave your laptop. That was just a title. But in this podcast, you will hear from seasoned investor and expert shares his second purchase, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, I told you about that. Outline, what did you purchase? Da, 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 da. Okay. Episode four, going to Texas. My story about my third investment property. So yeah, I told you about that. I bought it while I was down in Panama. My, my dad's... Um, he now lives down there permanently in Bocas del Toro. And at that time, he had a, an it wasn't Airbnb at the time, but this was pre-Airbnb, but the, it was an, it was a uh, eco-resort. It still is. They actually just sold that resort. Um, I don't know how many rooms. It was 40, something like that. And anyway, I was able to buy it while I was out there. Um, I shared my story about that. But yeah, technically I bought it on my laptop, but there's a lot of, you know, searching. I looked in various newspapers, talked with, uh, looked online, talked with various agents, flew out to Houston once, looked at a bunch of new builds and some old stuff. And then I ended up finding a good agent and uh, we ended up doing a foreclosure purchase if you're going to buy remote especially if it's sight unseen you need a good team and you need to trust these people i worked with her for several years after that she was very trustworthy lisa bradley i'm not sure if she's still in business hopefully she is uh she probably is but that was that was a good experience episode five mentorship counseling coaching yeah i'll talk about this a lot more in in episodes to come I will offer my services. I will do I'll do group training in general. One-on-one stuff is really going to be for people that are already already have a business and need the insight that I can provide. These will be people that have been in business for at least a month, at least a month. And when I say in business, I mean actually have done deals, you know, like have actually you know have staff or even if it's just just themselves, they've gone out and they bought a property and now they're in the middle of this and they're like, okay, I have this property, now I'm going to renovate it instead of flipping it and I need to find more properties and make sure my cash flow is doing well and I have this full-time business. I mean, it's turning into a full-time business and I have 
a regular job? How do I balance these things out? How we will go through those kinds of things. And I want to talk with people like that. I can provide good resources and and and, and consulting in that regard. So I will I will provide I will provide whatever you want to call it, mentorship, counseling, coaching. These are distinct, different things. But I will provide my resources. I will provide my energy and my time one-on-one to a very select few people. I just don't have time otherwise. And then the main thing would be weekly I want to have, you know, a big group. And I can, you know, we can bounce ideas. We can discuss things. We can have breakout sessions and all kinds of stuff. I like to do a lot of this stuff. Um online and virtual and uh, we'll see how we can get that going but that was episode five so you need you need someone to help you 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 know if, if you're if you do not have somebody helping you you need to have at least their intellectual property helping you their thoughts helping you so read books study that book read go to youtube find other resources if you don't want to put the money and effort into hiring somebody to help you then you you have to self-educate and you also need a support team around you you need family you need friends you need something if you do it all by yourself it's just really not very scalable in that way it's not going to work out so keep that in mind episode six no job no income my dad's i talked about that my lifestyle leading up to my last day on the job why i started looking for something else client changed my perspective i don't want to talk about that anymore we've already gone through that check out episode six if you want to know how i transitioned from full-time employment being uh working with edward jones and managing a large office i had a 48 million dollar book of business i had over 250 260 clients 500 accounts plus 500 plus accounts you can you can listen in to episode six to learn more about that my first boot camp episode seven probate i still use this probate strategies today jg banks was the program i don't know if they're still in existence that was a long time ago this was what 15 years ago uh that was my first program spent about three grand uh trained in san jose uh, three-day program and it gave me i gotta tell you half of it was cheesy as f but it was it was the trainers energy they they wanted us to say this model you know i am a certified probate specialist or and every like five minutes is this is whole raw raw stuff i didn't really dig it because the rah-rah, you know what? Let's just talk about the nuts and bolts. What's it going to take? The rah-rah, the hey, you can do it. You know, I know that's important. It's very important. But this was just contrived and forced. So half of it was like, ah. But I took out some very good pieces. And they they may be a, a great program. I'm not saying don't do those things. I know a lot of these trainings have a lot of energy in them and, and get you motivated and inspired and entertained. And that's what, you know, I want to try to entertain you too, okay? i done a lot of research on this. People want to be entertained. I was less entertaining before. I was just kind of giving you nuts and bolts. But it was tough stuff. I was talking about personal things and uh, business things and everything else. My failures, my successes, that's... 
that's pretty freaking nerve-wracking to go through that and explain all these things, but I did. So I will continue. I will build up on the entertainment side of things, but I'm always going to focus on the nuts and bolts. I'm always going to focus on getting to what it takes to be successful in this business. Boot camps helped me. Those trainings helped me. I spent a lot of money on that kind of stuff. I spent about $70,000 on trainings, and then I did my um, franchise training with... with um, home investors and that was that was another 39,200 because I got a 20% discount being in military military vet friend program I was able to get get in and get a little bit of a discount there and then all my ongoing marketing expenses and royalties and and all I spent over a hundred thousand dollars with that all my build up my office you know hundreds of thousands of dollars total I spent in learning and I also taught myself. I also read books. I also partnered with people. I talked to, to everyone I can I could find to kind of learn. Now, I did a lot without analysis. I actually got into business as quickly as possible. But I always have these leanings to want to sit back and reanalyze and look at everything and study, 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 and, and you know. So, so avoid those tendencies to be paralyzed with the amount of data. Just get out there and do things. Okay. So that, that's my takeaway from that, boot camps. Boot camps are great. Boot camp, inner circle, working with uh, Scott Shield. Man, I love that guy, Scott Shield. I don't know if he still trains. I think he became a producer. Um, I got to know him personally as well. Um, so th that was a great experience. Um, and then I, you know, I, I bought a few other things from other people, uh, credit repair stuff, which was important. Um, uh, Financing, packaging, people that put together the packages for commercial real estate investment deals, so on and so forth. Um, I bought into those kinds of things. And it was really about the people I met and kind of the deal flow and the energy behind it. And the energy, you know, the momentum, I would say, not energy, the momentum behind it. And, um, you know, just getting exposure to people. And sometimes you pay to play. And, and, and so... It was worth the money. There's do's and don'ts about that. I talked about that in episode eight. So check out boot camps, episode eight. See uh, see what I discussed there. The do's and the don'ts. Uh, talk about my twenty five thousand dollar membership. I my partner and I on a Sunday during a training in Los Angeles. We flew from San Francisco to L A. We live, I live in San Francisco Bay Area, Martinez. Yeah, you know, a big downgrade, right? But uh, we flew out of San Francisco to LA. We we heard about this thing. He was halfway pitching it. It was someone else in his group that was talking about it, and he was kind of hush-hushing it, and it really wasn't a sell. This was like a legit thing. I said, we got to get in this group. We got to get in this thing. We need to be part of this group so we can you know, work with them. Raise, they'll, they'll have funding. They'll have resources. They'll have everything else. So we went and got a $25,000 cashier's check at Rayleigh's. We took a taxi during our lunch break. He didn't sell the program. He wasn't offering it to anybody. But we, but I, I wanted, I said, we got to do this. And then my partner agreed 100%. Yes, we have to do this. And uh, so we went and we got that cashier's check, came back, handed it directly to him, said, listen, I know you're not, you know, you're not ready for this yet, but but uh, hopefully you'll be ready soon. When you're ready, we want to be part of this of this inner circle. 
So when you're ready to pitch this, here's our check. Take it. This is our check. Now, would I do that now? No. But then I was just so pumped up. I was so, it was legit. I believed in him. I was like, I got to make this thing happen. At the end of the day, the inner circle kind of, it didn't formulate. It didn't come together. And he canceled it out. And he, he refunded us our money. And that was a very stand-up thing, a very honorable thing. He didn't feel this setup was right. There was reasons behind, you know, canceling it. And he said, I, I even got a, I have a, where is it? It's in my office around here somewhere. I'm going to probably hang this one up. This one symbolized a lot for me. It was the really, it was just a matter of just going out there and getting it. You know, just taking the initiative and starting something big and taking a big risk. $25,000 is a lot of money. And it, for me at that time, too, it was a lot of money, although I was making very good money. You know, I had, anyway, $25,000 is still substantial. To me, it just it was a no-brainer. It was twelve five each. You know, let's do this. Let's just, let's just do, you, you'll buy a car that makes you feel good. Why not get into a program with other people that have hundreds of millions of dollars and are building these big projects and, and you, you're basically just getting that front row seat. You're, you're actually, no, you're, you're on the stage. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be in parallel with Scott and everyone he knew that were serious players. And I thought that was the best fast track. And my partner and I, one of two partners, was on board. The other partner, we ended up letting him go. He was not going to reimburse us to be a third in the 25. We took money out of our own joint venture account that my third partner never funded and probably wouldn't have made this decision. Now, several decades older than us, more mature, probably better decision, but we were just ready. We were hungry. We were willing to take the risk. And that's kind of what it takes. You know, that's what it takes. And so that I have, I have that little certificate or the little card to say I'm invited to this inner circle, which meant a lot to me. It wasn't about the money. It symbolized so much more like I just expressed. And so I put it in this really nice Aaron Brothers. I spent, I think, 160 bucks for them to put it in this really nice frame that has this like anti-reflective coating and everything else on it. And um, man, I'm gonna keep that forever. It just reminds me of that fearless go get it after i've assessed and stepped in and really studied and understood and trusted an individual when i was ready to make a move boom i jumped in so when you're ready to make your move you move in you get it done anyway boot camps talk about that episode eight i probably described it with much better zeal and energy now than i did in book in uh, episode eight but please check it out episode eight Episode 9, BHAGs, Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals. Kind of talking about that right now a little bit. I discussed, uh, you know, some commercial projects that didn't get off the ground but gave me a ton of experience. And, you know, it wasn't time for me to get into commercial real estate. It wasn't time for me to get into apartment deals. At that time, it was not. Now, fast-forwarding 15 years, it is my time. I am ready in all aspects to move into apartment deals, move into commercial mixed use, move into things 
taking my building blocks and everything that I've learned and all my experience and all my expertise in my field right now uh, and moving, transitioning it to multifamily. I do, I'm good at single family. I know single family well. Multifamily is a multiplication of it. And of course there's other complexities, but you know, I have property, I, I have a lot of this down and I'm extremely confident. So it, had I jumped in then day one with four apartments or four houses on under my belt, being a stockbroker, um, graduating from Berkeley and you know all these good things on paper I wasn't emotionally ready I wasn't in my family my the age of my son my overhead wasn't ready that could have burnt me to the ground and I needed to step back I needed to focus on on uh, on on smaller goals still had the big hairy audacious goals still do and we will be launching this very soon uh, and I'll talk about that more in episodes to come. So check that out. Episode nine, episode 10. Why did I buy a franchise to talk to you about my experiences buying a franchise? My, um, we'll check that one out. That's a good one. Should you buy a franchise? Should you go alone? Should you work with me? Should you work with someone like me? Should you just buy a program? You know, what should you do? So check that one out. Episode 10, episode 11. Uh, more about the franchise, how much I spent. Pay them $50,000 for name. Now I paid $39,200 because I had that discount, but it's a $50,000 program. And I spent far more than that overall. I will talk about that. Episode 11, episode 12, procrastination. Talked about this earlier on. It's pretty straightforward. If you're feeling like I was feeling sometimes, even to this day, I'm like, uh, I need to get these podcasts out. This is my new procrastination. I don't procrastinate in my other business for the most part. I mean, sometimes I do, but for the most part. But I certainly do in this. This is new. This is scary. This is different. So check out Flip Connect episode 12 and 13. They're both on procrastination. One talks about pushing through barriers. The others talk about how do you finish all your tasks, what it's going to take. Both of them are recorded on my phone. I just, you know, so sitting down in front of us this in my studio now and, and, and doing this, uh, I was just inspired and like, you know what? I have to get this done. Otherwise, I'm not going to go home and get everything set up perfect and talk. So I'm just going to record while I'm driving. And that's what I did. Credit crisis. I talk about 2008. Ugh. So check out Flip Connect uh, episode 14 talking about the um, overview on how I approach investment pre-crisis. Uh, you know, so you, the four houses and uh, looking at commercial real estate and doing the big, hairy, audacious goals and realize I need to sit back and just like flip a bunch of houses and gain my experience this way. Going to a market that is forgivable instead of investing in the Bay Area, San Francisco in 2008, I invested in San Antonio, Texas in 2008, and it saved me. This was a much more stable market, not the big swings, not the big profits, but definitely good, solid business. And I'm glad I did it. So check that out. Um, it'll go over everything, including COVID, partnerships, current stuff, old recession. Episode 15, my great success. I did all these little success 
stories. I talked about my experiences from 2019 to 2015. Uh, 2000, uh, 2009 is kind of an overview. And episode 16 uh, talked about uh, my experiences in 2009. And, to, and episode 17 talked about my experience 2010 through 15. And then in episode 18, I talked about my experiences from 2016 and 17. And then 19 was my final wrap-up, 18 and 19, 2018 and 2019. It is 2021 right now. 2020, not much, you know, reinventing, pivoting, realizing at this point I am somewhat retired. I do not have to work every day to pay my bills. And it's time to pivot. And I was burnt out. And I expressed that in, in the, those other episodes. So check that out. Uh, you may feel that way. You may have felt that way. You may feel in that way right now. That's uh, Talk a little bit about that. If you want to hear more about it or you want to talk one-on-one, we can do some, you know, take some calls. I'll figure out how to do that. Yeah, I'd love to do that and, and share with you what I went through, and then I want to hear what you go through. So, you know, I, I'd love to get into that. So write some comments. Let me know. Let me know what you want, and I'll try to give it to you. So I talked about that in 2000 and, uh, and that one. So on this My Great Recession Success series, the little mini series, a little clip it from the, the whole 20 set sessions, uh, episodes really flip connect um, episode 14 through 19 will give you a good overview of what I went through uh, throughout my entire career from the Great Recession to the COVID pandemic if you're interested check out all of those and here we are 20 how I became a professional real estate investor I've talked so much about my experiences and it's just a layering of multiple experiences and continuing down the road. Some days I feel like I don't have a business. Some days I feel like I have 20 businesses. Some days uh, I'm lazy. Some days I'm super energetic. Some days I'm mad. Some days I'm frustrated. Some days I'm scared. Everyone goes through it. It's now been close to 20 years and I'm just continuing to pick up momentum. So we're going to go into this next year, 2022, with a bang. Those next couple of months that I'm going to be talking about all kinds of specifics and techniques and training. I'll talk to you about anything you want to hear about. But I'm going to focus on, on, on motivation. I'm going to focus on finance. I'm going to focus on all the things, everything that you really need. It's not just one linear thing. You train and you do this one thing and you do pre-foreclosures and all of a sudden you're the master of the universe. There's a lot of other opportunities that come up. You can't just pass on some great probate deal or or, or you know you can buy a house subject to existing finance and pre-foreclosure or maybe there's a good foreclosure, although I'm not a fan of foreclosure auctions in that auction environment. I think that, that uh, it's the same kind of reasons that I recoiled a little bit during this pandemic with the shortage of materials and wood costs and and shortage of of uh, 
of housing on the market because most people want to, you know, a lot of people want to stay in their homes and improve that home instead of looking for a new property. And there's all these artificial drivers to the economy right now that are in these unprecedented times. I'm doing air quotes right now. In these unprecedented times, I don't want to bank on unprecedented anything. I want stable, consistent growth or flatline or decline. I don't want a mystery market that's going to surprise me in the end. So it's better to just kind of, if a great deal comes by, take it. But if you're trying to get that house and everyone's bidding against you, mm -mm. so foreclosure is the same thing. Foreclosure is like uh, the pandemic environment year round, every, every year pandemic or not. So the point is, I'm going to talk about all these things and, um, We'll go into great detail with them. So thank you for listening. This is the end of the podcast. 40 minutes. Wow. This is twice as long as every other podcast I've ever recorded. If this was interesting, if this was helpful, please let me know. I want to give you more of what keeps you interested. And hopefully you get to get out there and invest and make some money. Okay. One last thing to think about is I'm going to go over passive investing versus active investing. I am looking for passive investors. This is not a sales pitch, but I am looking for passive investors that want to get into investments that I put out. I'm looking for active investors and soon to be active investors that want to get started. The podcast is intended to kind of pull everyone together, create a funnel, and I want to sift it out. Who's a passive investor? I want to talk to you specifically in a certain way and give you certain information. Who's an active investor? I want to share with you things that are going to help you survive in the market. Who wants to start? Just listen to the podcast. You don't have to pay a dime for anything. Don't. Buy a book. If anything, I'll write a book. I mean, there's a million books out there. But just get out there and do whatever you need to do to get in front of people that want to sell a property and then you try to buy that property that simple okay once again Corey harrington flip connect and i'll talk to you next week <clears throat> talk to you next week <laughs> all right goodbye everybody